0: You will turn with me tonight back to the book of Philippians as we are getting very close to the end of this letter. Our text tonight will be verse 11, it's Philippians 4, 11, it reads this way, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, I thank you tonight, Lord, that you have called us away from this world and you have provided this place for us once again and, and the freedom to worship you. Oh, Lord, may you ever write it upon our hearts. What a great gift that is. Give us joy in our hearts to come to thy house of worship, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we depend upon thee this night to draw us away from our cares and concerns, and to bring us to thy feet. O oh Lord, teach us through thy word tonight that we may indeed see thee high and lifted up, reigning, living as our intercessor and as our mediator. Lord, may you indeed reveal thyself. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh. To be content. Content, the definition of, is a state of peaceful happiness. Just to be content. Paul said he learned to be content. It's something he learned in his life. He's late in his life. He's at the end of his life. But the Lord taught him in his path and in, in the path of Jesus's path, path that he would tread in this life he taught paul to be content he learned it at the feet of his lord and savior jesus christ he learned it in the school of christ he learned it by the mercy of christ and his great teacher isaiah said this in isaiah 54 13 he said and all thy children shall be taught of the lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. I know we've been talking a lot about peace, but as I read the definition to you tonight, contentment is a state of peaceful happiness. And Paul said that he learned that in whatever state he was in, that means in rich or poor, in high or low, in joy or sorrow, whatever the circumstance was in life, whatever it was, the Lord taught him to be content with whatever state that he's in, whatever trials he went through. He's writing this from jail, and contentment is upon his heart, is upon his soul, no matter what the circumstance is, and so. Tonight we back up because last week we left off in verse 9 and as we talked about the peace which passed all understanding we left off in verse 9 where Paul said those things which you've both learned and received and heard and seen in me do them and the God of peace shall be with you. And Sunday we talked about those steps that come from the way of peace that's in Christ Jesus. Things that the Lord has left us in this word that that we can lay hold of by faith, his faith. To rest in them, to trust them. And all of those things that we talked about. And then tonight, Paul says, I've learned therewith to be content. In verse 10, he says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. That now at the last, your care of me has flourished again. At last means at the last days of his life. They had, well, let's finish it. He says, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Look at verse 15. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but look at 15. He says, now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, this is when Paul was first preaching the gospel. He said, no church, communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. They supplied Paul's needs. That church. Well, he says tonight in verse 10, he says, I I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last, he he just received something again from them, gifts, as he's in the jail. And so he says, now that I've received your care of me, it's flourished again. Wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. All throughout Paul's life, from the beginning to the end, Paul's saying they weren't giving and supporting him in a way, but God's providence did not allow it. And he's saying, it's okay. He's telling them out of love, thank you for the gift, basically. Because then that bleeds into our text tonight. Because then he says, not that I speak in respect of want or lack. I don't have a lack. I'm not saying thank you and I'm not saying uh, I appreciate what you've done and I'm not saying that you left off giving me all because I lack something. I've never been in lack. And, and so so what is he saying there? He, he's saying that He knows that the Lord is Jehovah Jireh. Has always been for him. And what does that mean? He saw the need. The Lord always saw Paul's need. He provides according to that need. And then he will be seen in the provision that he has provided for Paul. That's what it means. I have no lack. There's nothing that I have any need of. Thank you for what you've given me. Because it is a gift. And so, as I said, our text starts that way tonight. And he says, I, "I not that I speak in a way that I have ever lacked anything. And then he says, for I have learned. I have learned. This is what the Lord taught him. Because the Lord, in teaching him, the Lord always was there for him. The Lord always provided for him. And in whatever state he was in, the highs or the lows, the Lord was always there. So saying that, that's why he could say, I never lacked." The one thing constant in Paul's life after the Lord revealed himself to Paul was Jesus Christ. He never let him down. He sustained him all his life. And Paul felt his presence there in the bottom of this jail cell. Even there in this dingy and dark place where food is scarce, there's there's criminals all around, he's content. He's he's, um, peacefully happy in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what contentment is, dear ones. That's when the Lord says, I'm enough. I am sufficient for you. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. He said, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as ourselves. Well, it's not just thinking. Paul said, we're not even sufficient in our own selves to think things of ourselves. And he's talking about Godward thoughts. He's talking about having thoughts of the king and his kingdom. He's talking about having thoughts of peace and of love and of mercy and of grace. We're not sufficient for that. We get too polluted by what's going on in this world. We need Christ every moment. And that's what Paul said. We're not sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency... Sufficiency means I don't lack anything. Everything is sufficient for me. What the Lord has. He says our sufficiency is of God. And God has provided everything in His Son. Later, in that same epistle in 2 Corinthians 9, He said, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Everything the Lord calls you to in this life whatever trial it is whatever path on this journey, whether it's marriage whether it's your path when you start marriage whether it's the trials in your marriage whether it's the buying of the houses whether it's the jobs, whether it's your growth everything as far as your pilgrimage that goes on this earth is provided for you in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul's telling us tonight. I have learned that. I've learned it in the school of Christ. I've learned it at His feet. And this is one who told us over in uh, Philippians 3 that He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. That He's been taught at the highest of Pharisees. He told us that he is the best teachers that were. I've had all of that. I've been taught in the highest places. But that's not what he's he's hanging on to now. All that he said was dumb, Because contentment is not in the things of this world. It's not in the people of this world. It's not in the certificates that you have. Even the certificate of marriage. It's in Christ. And if Christ has truly brought you and your mate together, you are heirs together of Christ. And all that He has for each one of you, but you both as one in Him. That's the beauty of Christ. The person of Christ. There's no lack in anything that we'll ever have. And I'm 53. Paul was older than that. Paul said, you know what, I'm at the end of my life and I've learned this. Well, I've learned it too in my 53 years. The Lord is always near. But I have to be reminded. Because as soon as I go out that door and the the trials of life come, I'll forget. And and not only will I forget, I'll, I'll presume. And then I'll fret. And then I'll worry. What is peaceful happening? It's being content in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he, he definitely, and he is, he's proven to be our sufficiency. He is our portion. We just sang that in that last hymn we sang. Jesus is my portion. The Lord is my portion. Do you know what that means? You know, you sit down to the table to eat. You have your portion that you eat. And you're full. The Lord is that portion for us in this world. In in everything that we have need of, He's the portion to make us full. I'm talking about our souls now. Because that's the life that's in us. It's the life of the soul and the mind. Paul said, I've learned that he, He is all that to me. He is my portion. He said this in Hebrews 13, 5. He said, let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I've said this many times when I read this verse. Sometimes when you read it, you think it's out of place. Because you read it, you're saying, oh, I'm, I'm not to be, let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. And your mind goes to the things that you have. And then he tells you at the end, he says, For he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Well, what he's telling you is, he's the things that you have. <laughs> That's the reason that you're, co- that you're content in your conversation. That's why Paul can say, I've learned that whatever state I am, whatever the highs of life are, and we know that about Paul, Right? He was caught up to the third heaven at times. We also know the lows of life when he was in shipwrecks and we know that he was beaten and we know that he went through all these things and we know that that he was consenting unto Stephen's death. All these things that he lived with. He's been to the low and he's been to the high. And Paul said there's one thing that's been consistent and it's not a thing. It's a person. And that person of Christ." has everything that you or I will ever need if we are in Him. Anything you could possibly ever think that you will need is in Christ. He is our provider. That's what Jehovah Jireh means. He sees the need, He provides the need, and then He's seen in providing the need. Jehovah Jireh, it's all of Him. And that's what He causes His children to see, just as He did Paul here. I've learned, whatever state I am, therewith to be content. And that's why in 13.5, that the Lord says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee in Hebrews 13.5. Why? Because he's our portion. Listen to what Jeremiah said in Lamentations 3.24. He said, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Okay, so... Day, uh, Paul has said the Lord is my portion. We've read it in two places. And he's enough. He's my everything. Then Jeremiah said it. Now David says it in Psalm 16:5. He said the Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. And of my cup. Cup means of his life. And everything that's filled in it. He's my portion. He's what I'm looking for. He's what fills me. He's what fills my mind with joy and happiness. He's what fills my heart with joy and happiness. This is examination time. We come to passages like this and we say, Paul says, I've learned this. Have we? Have we sat at our Master's feet? Have we been brought to the end of ourselves to sit at the feet of Christ, waiting for those crumbs to drop, waiting for his mouth to open, to speak the words of eternal life to our soul. Is that where our joy is? Is that where our heart goes out to know more of the Lord? To know Him, the power of His resurrection and all that He is? That's what Paul is talking about. He's he's my... I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. And what is contentment? Well... We go to our first place tonight. We're only going to go to a couple. But let's go to Paul again. He's going to say these words to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6. So if you'll turn with me there. He's got some things to tell Timothy about contentment. And I think they're very timely for us. Because they're very practical to the time we live in. But it also shows us what our portion is and what our contentment is. If you look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 and you begin in verse 6. He wrote these words in the power of the Holy Ghost and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and he wrote them to Timothy and he said these words in 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Well, that's for our souls, dear ones. What is it that we have need of in this life to have gain? What is gain? Is it riches? Is it a title in front of your name? Is it a bigger house? Is it a better car? Is it a better state in this world? I mean, a, a name in this world or a job? Are those the things? Is that what godliness with contentment is great gain? Is that what we learn in godliness? Is that what, it, what what we have in Christ Jesus? No. The gain is in the soul. It's that happy, content place where you rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. You trust in Christ. You commit your ways unto Christ. All of those things we do in Christ and by Christ. And so so he tells Timothy, but godliness with contentment is great gain. It's the greatest of gain, he says. once, Once you've achieved that, once that mind is in you, the mind that's in Christ Jesus, where you want more and more of Christ, you've arrived. But yet we haven't arrived. Because Paul said he still hasn't attained because he's still growing. Even in that jail cell, at the end of his life, he's still growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. That's where the desire is. That's where the heart is. And that's what he says. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For listen to this. For we brought nothing into this world. When you were born into this world, you were born with nothing. You've had nothing. And he says, and it is certain. It doesn't matter how many stories you've heard of people that have been buried with their cars, with their money, with their rings, with their dogs. It is certain. Those things in this life are temporal. They stay to this life. There's no life in them. And it doesn't matter if they go in your gravesite with you, they're going to perish there. And that's what Paul said. He said, we have brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out of it. And having food and clothing, food and raiment, let us therefore be content. Isn't that all we really need every day? We're going to go out into that world, so we need clothing and we need our daily bread. We need what the Lord provides. And all throughout the word, He's always provided His people. Whether it was in the, the man in the wilderness, whether it was the quails in the wilderness, whether it was the ravens feeding Elijah, whether it well, wherever you see where with His people were in one, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provided over and over again because He's faithful. I know sometimes we, we measure His faithfulness by our own. We, we want to be faithful, we want to do things, but then we seem to let the ones down that we love. Well, I don't want to be mad at you, and then we're mad at them. Well, I don't want to be upset with you, and then we get upset with them. Well, I don't want to doubt you, and then we doubt them. Because we're not the faithful one. That's who Christ is. That's who fills our hearts and our minds with joy, because He's never let us down. He's always there. And so he says, having food and raiment, let us therefore be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. You know what perdition is, dear ones? It's hell. If that's where your heart is. If that's where your your longings are. If that's where your joy is. If that's where your contentment is. You shall surely die and perish. We're talking about the people of God and what our life is. Our life is hid in Christ. Our life is is Christ. Now you might be sitting there and you might be saying, I'm not where I want to be. Well, I say the same thing tonight. I'm sitting right there next to you. I'm saying, yes, I'm not where I want to be. So what do I do? What can I do? What does faith do? It reaches out to Christ and says, Lord, fill my cup. Lift it up, Lord. Only you can fill my cup with thyself. Only you can give me the desire to love you and to follow you above all other men and above anything else. But falling into a snare and a temptation—that's what the things of this world will always. That's what the devil's intention with them are. Don't you love that? Don't you want more of that? Don't you want to go after that? Don't you want to devote your life to that? And they could be some of the things that you think are just so good. It could be religion. And the devil's got you right where he wants, because Christ isn't your life. For the child of God, he arrests them and he brings them to him in his time. And he brings them to with the, with the mouth open and saying, Lord, fill me, fill me, as only you can. For the love of money, verse 10, is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through, which means to death, with many sorrows. That's what the love of money, the love of all the things of this world, that's what it gets us. But thou, that's what he says. Verse 11, talking to Timothy. But thou, O man of God, if I'm speaking to them in the room, if you're a child of God, this is what he says. O thou, man of God, flee these things. Those things he just mentioned. Flee those things and follow after what? Righteousness. Is he the Lord our righteousness? Absolutely. Follow after godliness. Is He the Son of God? Yes, absolutely. Follow after faith. Paul said, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Love. Christ is love. God is love. Patience. Rest and wait in the Lord. In and by the Lord. Meekness. Humbleness, humility, gentleness. All of this. What did he just describe? Christ. Flee those things and follow after Christ. And guys, how are we going to know who Christ is if we're not in the Word? This is where He reveals Himself. This is where He speaks to His children. Hold it dear. Pray for a desire. Desire. Pray for a love for His Word. Because this is where He's found. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. He's encouraging Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. What is faith? Laying hold of Christ. But it's a fight, isn't it, dear ones? It's a constant warfare down here. But His faith is the victory that overcomes the world, that overcomes our sin nature, that overcomes the wicked one. Alright, let's go back to our text now. Philippians 4. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. And then he describes his contentment in more detail. Verse 12. I know how. This is is what he's been taught now. He just said, I've learned contentment. What is it? I know how to be abased. Abased is brought all the way to the low of lows. And I know how to abound. As I mentioned earlier, caught up into the third heaven. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. That's the lot of the child of God. What is it? When we see Him, we're full. When we see ourselves and our sins, we're hungry. We're hungry because we're in want. We're in need. We need to have the blood applied. We need to Him for Him to say, "You are forgiven." That's what we need. I, Paul said, "I've been, i know how to do, do both. I've been instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound." and to suffer need. I've been at the one end of the spectrum where I've had more than enough given to me, and I've had to the other where I've had needs in my life that didn't seem to be met, but guess what? The Lord always met. them. But how? How can you have such contentment? Well, he tells us in the next verse, verse 13, the one we all love to quote, I can do all things. I can abound. I can be abased. I can be hungry. I can suffer need. I can abound again or I can be abased. All of these things. How can I do that? Through Christ who strengthens me. How am I content? Through Christ who strengthens me. That's how I'm content. That's how the Lord has has, has kept me. His grace is sufficient. Last place we'll go. Turn over to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12. Remember, we are talking about contentment. And we're talking about how he's learned it. And we're talking about what the Lord has done for him. Well, here we have another testimony. But it's Paul again. It's still, still his life we're talking about. Still how the Lord works in the children of God's life. Look at verse 7. This is where where I was referring to that he got caught up in the third heaven. He had this revelation. The Lord has given him many revelations of who he is. And he's been very... You know what the Bible tells us? That knowledge puffeth up, right? How does the Lord keep us from being puffed up? Well, let's hear Unless I should be exalted above measure. That's what Paul said. Unless I lift myself up higher than where I should be, unless I exalt myself higher than my Lord and Savior, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that He's given me, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now there's been hundreds of people who've written on this thorn in the flesh. Most of them say it was a physical thing Paul had. Some of them say it's a spiritual thing. Absolutely, I'm on that camp. I absolutely believe that it was something in Paul that caused him constantly to go back to his Lord and Savior. It was an awareness of sin, is what it was. And he had this constantly, constantly, he calls it, listen to this, he calls it the messenger of Satan to buffet him, to strike him, to strike a blow to him. Because what did he say? Unless I had this, Unless the Lord sent this in my life, I would have puffed myself up because the Lord took me to the third heaven. He knew that about Himself. How did He learn that? In the school of Christ. That's part of contentment. I'm contentment with my Lord. He's my portion. It doesn't matter what I've learned. It doesn't matter what I've seen. It only matters what Christ is to me. That's what he's saying. And uh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice, which that means perfectly. He kept praying over and Lord. Lord, deliver me from this, this thorn in my flesh. Lord, deliver me. Lord, deliver me. That it might depart from me. Whatever it was. Whether it was physical, whether it was spiritual, whatever it was. And what is the Lord Jesus Christ's answer? What is his answer to this? And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. But, But no, Lord, I need to be delivered from this trial. It keeps coming. My grace is sufficient. But Lord, if it keeps coming, am I going to to give in to it? Is it going to cause me to perish? My grace is sufficient for Thee. His grace is sufficient for us. That's what He teaches us in contentment. All we need is His grace. That's it. It's a powerful thing. It subdues the world. It subdues the kingdoms in the world. Subdues our flesh. It subdues and puts down the sin. It's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. My grace is sufficient. For thee. For my strength. My strength. What did we just say? I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus said to Paul, My strength is made perfect in what? In your weakness. We have to be shown who we are and humbled before the mighty hand of God. And it's a great mercy to be humbled. It's a great mercy to be shown that we're sinners because Jesus came to save sinners. It's a great mercy to be humbled under His hand to see that we're dependent upon Him every day because His grace is sufficient. Because He is enough. Because He is that ever-present help. His great, His strength is made perfect In weakness. And that's what we are. We're shown our weakness. Our inability to do anything that's pleasing to Him. What can we do? Sin. But His grace is sufficient. And His strength is made perfect. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So what does that mean, dear ones? For his strength to be perfected in us, we have to be emptied of self. He must increase. We must decrease. That's what that means. Most gladly, Paul said, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. I'm thankful for them. Thank you, Lord. I'm thankful now. A while ago I was beseeching you to get rid of them, but I'm thankful for them. I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me without those infirmities, without being shown your need of Him, without being shown that you're a sinner, without being given that needy heart. You won't see His power. You won't see His grace. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in... Paul wasn't a a sadist. He didn't like pain. That's not what it's saying. He says, oh, the Lord's taught me in this school that when he humbles me through trials and persecutions and things, that's when I see his strength. That's when his grace is is sufficient for me. So that's why he says, therefore, I take pleasure in in infirmities, and in reproaches, and necessities, and persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Now go back to our text and read Philippians 4.13 with me again. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And that's how he strengthens me when he empties me. He fills me with Himself. And that is sufficient for all our needs. He's all our power and all our strength. And after saying those things, He goes back and He says, Notwithstanding you have well done, I appreciate it again, that you did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the Gospel, when I departed from Macedonia... No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. And he's, he's, he's giving them that. He's say, saying, thank you. And he's saying, thank you for the gifts. But why? Why? Because the gifts were so good? Oh no, dear ones. Listen to this. Not because I desire a gift. It's got nothing to do with a gift. If we get gifts in this life from people, I hope you know they're from the hand of God. He supplies all our needs. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that that may abound to your account. I want to see Christ in you. That's what I'm rejoicing in. I'm rejoicing in Christ in you to give. Christ in you to love me. Christ in you to to listen to what I've written in this letter. Christ in you to love Christ in me. That's that's what he's rejoicing in. He says, "But I have all. I have all I need in Christ, and I abound. I am full, having received a epaphroditus." The things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. And here's where we end in 19. But my God, He said, "Thank you for all these physical things. Thank you for all the gifts. Thank you." He says, "But here's the thing. Here's what I trust in. My God shall supply all your need." Paul's talking about their soul. He's talking about their bodies talking about the, the totality of My God will supply all your need. According to what? According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And there's the picture, comes right back full to us again, of our Joseph with the open storehouses. He gives all that he has, and he gives it to his people and to his church. He's all we need. That's why we can double back to our text and see with Paul, not that I speak in respect of want or lack. I don't lack anything. For I've learned. Whatever state I'm in, whatever I, whether I'm abounding or whether I'm low, whether I'm high, therewith to be content. To be content with my Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord add His power and His clarity.